the Acuity Show podcast, hosted by Craig Price and Josh Anderson. Conversations about how mobility, communications, and technology impacts how companies succeed and innovate. All right. So uh, welcome to the Acuity Show with Josh and Craig. I think today we're going to talk a little bit about government and data security and archiving and all that stuff. Is that right? Yes. Can we just take a minute and say, I can't believe that it's February already. So uh, <laughs> time is it's, flying by. It's going to be it's going to be 2023 before we know it. Yeah. So, yep. uh, yeah, we, you know, uh, I think most of our discussions prior to, uh, to this uh, episode has been very enterprise focused. And we uh, just recently uh, brought on a new client, which is a government, uh, state and local government entity. Uh, so we got to thinking, you know, government agencies and, and managed services, and what are those things that, that play into that decision? And, and why are some of them uh, willing and, and ready to make that move? And why are some uh, maybe unwilling to make that move? So we thought it was a really good topic to talk about today. And and I know, Josh, we work with uh, several nonprofit agencies as well that have kind of, you know, regulatory constraints and, and concerns around security and information archiving. And, and there seems to be a parallel between, you know, definitely the, the new client we brought on which is in public yeah. safety and and the prospecting of other agencies. So uh, yeah, I think anywhere any entity or company that's bound by like a Freedom of Information Act obligation, um, those guys are are seem to be very concerned with um, how mobility factors into that. You know, obviously it wasn't um, wasn't too long ago that there was. Um, all the outrage about email servers and all that, all that stuff going on, which we, we will not get into the politics of that. But <laughs> suffice to say, um, behind the um, pearl clutching of that is kind of a legitimate concern, which is, you know, we our tax dollars pay for a lot of these um, these representative salaries. They pay for you know, the services that we get and the Freedom of Information Act stuff exists to allow journalists and, you know, other members of the public to hold these people accountable. And so you, you want to make sure that you know what conversations those folks are having. I think it helps with, the uh, you know, ensuring that ethics rules are followed, um, you know, and, and that generally there's a lot of transparency. But from a technical perspective, it's it's pretty hard. I mean, obviously, email servers are one thing because you got to set up an email server. But um, you know, a lot of folks have uh, these mobile devices that are a very personal device. Like, even if it's provided by that government agency or the nonprofit, um, you know, we're all so accustomed to treating these mobile devices as personal devices. You know, we talk to people on them, we take pictures of kids on them and, you know, all, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a, a big deal to figure out how to deal with all of these different avenues of information exchange and communication to be able to be in line with a lot of those regulatory requirements that exist. Um, 
and it's not, you know, it, it's not automatic. You definitely, you know, as we know from our nonprofit clients that do have that, you know, some of that regulatory um, governance type of stuff going on, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, you know, one of the partners that we've worked with closely um, that I think is going to probably be part of the uh, the uh, government agency that we're that we're working with is Smarsh. Mm-hmm. Um, weird name aside, these guys are I think generally regarded to be the leading players in that space of like information archiving. Um, and we get involved in that because we manage that platform for those those folks. But I think it's it, it's interesting to to kind of talk a little bit about what that system does and how it works in a mobile environment and and some of the the gotchas that we've come across as we've been administering that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, I, I think you hit on a a really uh, great topic, which is you know even in government now and whether depending on the agency you're with, mobility is so common and and people you know outside of an office and 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 are deployed in in, in the field. You know, they, they have the same sort of patterns and usage patterns that an enterprise uh, account would have. Uh, the difference is, right, they're, they're government employees. And to your point, what they do is public knowledge. Uh, and, and they also have uh, other things that they need to archive. And, uh, and I know uh, from my background in, in public safety, um, you have evidence that you have to collect in certain agencies, you have uh, information about people that you come in contact with that you have to, you know, secure. Um, and, and there's all in government information from a public perspective is just in a portal somewhere, right? There are people accessing that information, whether it's to pay tickets or whatever it may be. Um, and and security and device security becomes a big, big issue. And, and ultimately, uh, control of that information and archiving that information for an extended period of time becomes even a bigger piece for for the end users. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of um, it, it's you know I think before we you know back in the day before we we started working with these types of companies the you know the thought process was um, you know that that data particularly around like text messages and things like that is. You know the carriers hold that, and if you need to get it, you you know you have to go through a process to request that information from the carrier. Generally, they want a subpoena to be able to do that, so it doesn't really line up with the the requirements that those types of agencies have. And and what's interesting is the way Smarsh handles that is they they integrate directly into the carrier systems so that all text message traffic associated with the particular devices that are registered there run through Smarsh's systems for archiving. So it's it's pretty cool from a text messaging standpoint because that's historically been kind of the one that you know is pretty ubiquitous and and also the hardest one to um, archive independently. Um, internal communications within a particular government agency, I think that's a little easier because you've got. You know, you do have mail servers and chat servers and those sorts of things that um, mm-hmm. that can get um, that can get backed up and that sort of stuff. But you know, particularly with any type of agency or nonprofit that has dealings with members of the general public, a lot of that 
communication happens however that particular person in the public needs to be communicated with. If that's text message, it's text message. Maybe it's WhatsApp. Maybe it's Facebook Messenger. Um, you know, I think increasingly social media um, as a avenue of communication is becoming a lot more common. And so it's really important that these guys have a comprehensive strategy to capture all of that um, and not find themselves potentially in a position sideways with the regulations where they, you know, they let slip information that um, really needed to be archived. And I know, you know, look, the, the way Smarsh handles it, they've, they've kind of, their archiving platform plugs into all of those things. So besides text, you've got all of the social media-based messaging apps. You've got WeChat, WhatsApp, you know, all that sort of stuff. But you've also got enterprise systems like Teams, Slack, um, Yammer, Zoom, all that sort of stuff. And and what's cool about Smarsh is it all comes together into a single um, platform so that it's archivable, searchable, you know, and it's you're not having to go and pick through a bunch of different systems to try to backtrack a particular um, conversation, for example. Yeah, you you actually touched base on one of the questions that I had because I know um, there's some apps that, from a government agency perspective, they're not allowed to access, and but video conferencing and, and those type of things, especially on the mobile devices or our, our laptops are are prevalent, and um, I don't. I think Teams is probably an approved vendor for Fed agencies. I'm not sure Zoom is or or Slack, but um, that was my question about. I know Smarsh is fantastic with with text, and but those apps and and um, if somebody goes kind of rogue on it and, and goes to another app, you know, is is that app usage uh, you know, archived and, and secure. And it, and it appears that from, from a smart perspective, they, we looked at the list of, of, of everything that they work with and, and track. And, and it seems like a pretty comprehensive list. Yeah. And what's, I think, a, a good point to make, um, kind of along those same lines is for, for all the cool stuff that Smarsh and platforms like it do, there's still a big component of our standard uh, mobility managed service, particularly on the, the MDM side or EMM side, that um, factors in there because there are some apps that may be explicitly prohibited by a particular agency or nonprofit. Um, there are some apps, iMessage in particular, that as of right now are not able to be archived. So that requires that those types of systems like Smarsh exist in the context of a broader uh, mobility infrastructure that's set up to blacklist apps as appropriate by the particular you know requirements of that agency or company, um, and potentially also uh, block access to iMessage, which would force um, all messages going out of an iOS device to go as text messages. Um, in order to to ensure that you're kind of closing the the doors to the different things that might not be able to be archived, um, and and those those things kind of have to work together because I think just you couldn't just say oh cool you know we have this um, Freedom of Information Act requirement we're going to get Smart plug it in and we're good to go 
you have to be able to make sure that um, you're capturing everything that you're, you know, that that goes back and forth between your people and the and the general public or clients or whatever like that. So you, you know, you have to have part of that be all right. So you know, we've got this one tool in the tool belt. What are the other things that we have to be able to to put in place to make sure that we don't leave any holes? And I know you mentioned UEM, Unified Endpoint Management. I'm still in the transition of getting out of MDM out of my vernacular and going to UEM. It's challenging. Uh, but hopefully the next time we talk to, to the guys at Hexnode, I'll have that nailed down. But you talked about, we talked about nonprofits and some of the regulatory and compliance issues that, that they have. And, and I think it's important to touch base that, you know, yeah, there, there's different, uh, you know, software out there like Smarsh, but, but having a uh, UEM in place and, and allowing a company like Acuity to, to manage that MDM and implement it and, and, and be able to manage your devices and, and the things that happen within your devices, I think is key not only for enterprise and government agencies, but, but what are some of the challenges like or, or compliance issues and regulatory issues that the nonprofits see? I think the biggest thing that we, that we deal with there is um, making sure that the, the type of interaction that occurs on that device is appropriate for what the person um, should be doing. So a lot of the nonprofits that are contracted by governments to do various social services, for example, um, it's a pretty sensitive um, kind of service set. So in some cases, you you want to be able to um, prevent there from being any, um, you know, say social media type of interaction. So you might need to blacklist Facebook or um Instagram or Snapchat or those types of apps and, and make sure that that stuff can't occur over that, um, that particular mobile device. And I think, you know, particularly when that's plugged into the compliance engines that exist for the, uh, UEMs, it allows a, the IT management to have kind of a, a systematic compliance process in place where, we decide what is allowed and what's not allowed that feeds into the compliance engine that then can potentially either lock that device or uh, block it from accessing corporate resources or otherwise flag it for uh, management review or some sort of remediation like that. Um, and, and I think the, the important thing in that type of world um, is, you, you know, you have to have you have to have um, a reasonable process to meet your obligations, you know, to safeguard the public that you deal with and those sorts of things. And so I think there's no perfect system. You know, obviously someone can go get their own personal phone and have communications around that, but it is possible to um, limit access to corporate resources based on whether the device is managed, whether the device is compliant. And having a you know a sophisticated process like that in place, you know, is kind of fulfills their responsibility to have a well thought out and, and reasonable system to protect the you know the public or customers or whatever the case may be in that particular company. Okay, uh, the one thing that popped up, and I and I told you this prior to the podcast starting, I was reading several articles 
uh, about MSPs and government. And, and one of the, one of the prevalent kind of core subjects that kept coming up was, Hey, government's great at a lot of things. Uh, managing technology may not necessarily be, be one of those things that are, that are in that list. And I know we, we have several agencies and people w- uh, amongst the, both federal and state and local governments that, that listen to our podcast. And so if, if, if you could give them some comfort, because they deal with you know, tight budgets and fluctuating budgets and, and managing risk of data, um, can you give them some comfort to, hey, really be open-minded and start thinking about outsourcing uh, some of this technology to companies like Acuity to, to manage and, and allow us to support your current IT people internally to the agency uh, to, to not only enhance what you're currently doing, but, but also secure it and, uh, and maintain it and, and help it for your future needs. So, so is there one kind of warm blanket you can give them you know, to make them feel comfortable at night? I think the the biggest thing, you know, the the biggest reason why I would um, encourage really anyone in that particular case, but especially um, governments or organizations that have those types of regulatory constraints, is that it is like the risk is just way too high, and the skill set in that area, you know, in mobility and dealing with those types of things is so different from your traditional IT skill set that it, it's very it's hard to do right with internal resources unless you just happen you know unless that agency or whatever happens to have an IT guy with that background um, and I can tell you that that's almost never the case. <laughs> um, I think the other thing that that makes managed services, you know, in general, um, and certainly on the on the mobile side, kind of easy for them to digest is that the pricing model is pretty predictable. Mm-hmm. So, from a budgeting standpoint, you know, obviously budget cycles and and budget funds are a big big part of that decision making process. Um, to be able to have that predictability to the costs makes it a lot easier to plug it into a budget. So I think when you look at how easy and predictable the cost structure can be compared to the risk of screwing it up if you do it wrong yourself, like that seems like that would be a no-brainer to me. And there, there are certain areas where that data protection is especially important. You know, anything dealing with... Um, social services, children, anything like that, you cannot risk letting, you know, there be some sort of data breach or, um, you know, inadvertent communication that gets you in trouble kind of getting outside of the the um, little boundaries there. So, you know, I think that, that risk and what that means, just it, it just isn't worth it. The other thing when it comes to kind of our core service and, and what we do from a mobility managed service perspective, too, is take security and, and the regulatory piece out and compliance issues. It is the number of people within an agency 
and the normal day in and day out supporting of those total devices, right? So whether it's, you know, several thousand, several hundred, whatever your number mm -hmm. is, there's still the day in, day out grind of, hey, I have a de device that isn't working and my app isn't working. And, you know, those are some of the things that we do and we support our clients on. Uh, but I think that gets lost because everyone focuses on regulatory compliance, security, data breach, but you also have to run day in and day out, just just uh, managing and supporting the end users within those agencies as well. Correct? Yeah. No. I mean, I, I, that's a big. I think that's a big part of it. Um, it's not. It's not easy to to do that, and I think that um, particularly as a lot of those those guys start to really adopt um, mobile infrastructures as a way to to provide those services to their users, um, you know, it can be, it can be very cumbersome, um, to support. And there's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts with the variety of different devices, the, you know, the increased likelihood that they can get damaged if it's a, you know, if something's going on where they, um, you know, the users out in the field or something like that, like the, you know, it's it's critical to be able to support those um, those infrastructures quickly and effectively, and, uh, and I think that's that's not always easy to do by internal IT teams, at least not alone, not without you know some outside help. No, exactly, and 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 I know in our new client that was one of the challenges they had. Right, that they have an IT department that isn't uh, that supports their agency, but isn't necessarily dedicated solely to their agency They're within the city. There's several other agencies that IT that IT department uh, supports. So they're getting kind of a fraction of their time. So that that was one of the challenges and why they came to us. And I'm sure uh, that is a uh, an issue and problem throughout uh, <laughs> throughout all state and local as well as federal agencies. Is just hey, we we have limited bandwidth, limited people based upon budget and headcount, and we have to kind of spread that out. Well, something gets missed, and that's where we can come in, and companies like ours can come in and support uh, those efforts. So. Um, I'm really this 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 government and, and piece to us is, is intriguing. Um, I, I think it's probably as you know, if you're out there in a government agency and you're and you're open minded and you're thinking about it or, or you're underwater and need support, reach out to us uh, if, if there's topics you want us to cover going forward uh, within this, because because there's a lot of stuff that we took off the table, as Josh said, when we're talking about government and. And, and different things, but uh, it, it's an intriguing topic that I think we may come back to in, in another episode or so. So, Josh, any final words before we uh, before we end this episode? No, I think um, you know I think a lot of the stuff that we talked about is going to be more and more important for um, for any company uh, or government in you know in the business of exchanging sensitive information. Um, it's one of those things that that you you don't want to wait until you uh, kind of get burned before you take some steps to protect it. You know, security is not just about preventing the external malicious guys that are, you know, trying to break into your network. It's about making sure that the information that your organization is responsible for is um, kind of protected and not inadvertently put out into the world when it shouldn't be. You know, it keeps us up at night, doesn't it, Josh? 
<laughs> when we talk about device security. So, okay, great. Well, Josh, thanks so much. Uh, another great episode. Uh, again, if you have questions or topics you want us to cover, feel please reach out to us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or directly at acuitytech.com. And uh, we will see you next time. Have a great thanks, day. Guys.